Oh shit, let me turn this off. Stop it's not eating. really work. I know, dude. It's still cold. All right. uh, oh, so it's sloppy. Oh, <laughs> you're fine. Yeah, you can you can munch. It's like, yeah, that, that's it's disrespectful. Like, like, because uh, well, all I really wanted to do was get like a backlog of a couple, so that I didn't just start with like, here's number one, everybody. I'll right. be back next week for number two. Not really knowing if I was like, if I had the fortitude yeah, to no. knock Has out. Has anybody said anything coming in? They gotta know it's you. Yeah, yeah. One guy, one guy, Jasmine said came in the other morning because, well, and he's my friend on Facebook, but he's an older dude who's a doctor, and he was like, yeah, I listened to that last one. Yeah. He made a few good points. A lot of f words though. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't. It's podcasting, man. It's it's funny because it is like. Well, shouldn't it, it be raw though? I mean, it's, that's what that's what everything else is. is so prompted in life. That's what sucks. Yeah, it just sucks. And you used to be able to watch the news and catch people fucking up. Yeah, because they just rolled the news back in the eighties. Um, now everything is just so heavily edited Polished. that it's like no one appears as if they've made some type of mistake. Right. So you never get any point of reference for reality or whether it's the truth or not because it's so heavily fucked. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we wonder why the country is where the country is. Well, the country's here for a million reasons, but yeah. <laughs> some old, some that were kind of interlaced in the culture. And there's social institutions for a long time emanating out on people. Others are, are fresh and new. Because of the new aggravating problems with politics, with geopolitics, with where we've turned for, you know, our quick fixes in life. Americans have been, we've been waiting for this for a while. Yeah. It's been coming. It's been predicted for sure. I mean. Well, yeah, every generation or every, you know, people predicts their end, you know. But, man, if we don't mimic Rome right now, the only difference is the roads. I think that's the information superhighway, just the internet. Yeah. It's a great way to cripple us. Yeah, in what way do you mean? Well, all roads lead to Rome. So back in the Roman days, they were invaded by barbarians. They built the very roads and cleared the paths for the very people that would we'll make come their in. way in. Yeah. Um, for us, we don't necessarily have that. We're pretty landlocked to the rest of the world. Right. I don't think the Mexicans and South Americans are going to come up here and you know, right. rage against the machine. However, there's a million different ways you can get into the information superhighway, shut off power, you know, do, some, do enough damage to yeah. fuck shit up. Because in our country, all you have to do is just turn the lights off. That's it. Yeah. We do the rest. We right. fuck everything else up because we're so fucking crazy. I think that was obvious on January 6th. <laughs> on January 6th and potentially, you know, if you're on... if, if uh, And the cities that got burned last year during... Oh, even before then. I yeah. mean, our culture has been one that... Um, just with, you know, the, the TV shows that have been out in the last 10 years. When you see shit going south, what do these people do? Well, they clan up. They become very uh, materialistic in the sense that they're just trying to take care of their own. You know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just trying to take care of my daughter, my mother. You know, right. I'll kill you because you've got resources, supplies. Have you been binging The Walking Dead this week? Is that where? No, this is it's just from? one of the various ones that's <laughs> right, out there. Yeah. But there no, are there's a lot. A lot, lot of post-apocalyptic um, shit. And here's the thing: back in the '80s and '90s, really the early '90s and the mid '80s, back when I was young, when you had shit going south in movies. People didn't do that. They banded together. They had a leader. They tried to help one another. The communities that cropped up weren't 
they weren't warring, they weren't tribalistic. And mm-hmm. now everything seems to have moved that way, including, you know, some of the movies that we watch, the TV shows that are being shown. Um, it's just not the way, you know, we used to look at each other as neighbors, as Americans. Um, and now it's like, that's kind of like, you're almost dumb if you don't take care of your own and kill your neighbor to get their food. I mean, Mad Max came own. out in 1979, though. Sure. But, sure. Were, but that was Australian. Uh-huh. So. And how many millennials have seen that movie? <laughs> Well, they they probably saw the remake, but oh yeah, Fury Road, right? Yeah, yeah, it was that. really good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy, yeah, uh, different, so different from the aesthetic of the original yeah. Mel Gibson Mad Max, which I liked a lot. Like when I was growing up, even though that movie came out Thunderdome nine years before I was born. No, I, I uh, you didn't watch the, any of the that other was, ones. That was the later Mad Max yeah. one. Yeah, I don't think I saw it all the way through Thunderdome. The the first one is Mad Max, right? Or is yeah, it first? Okay. And here's the thing about those movies: to go back and watch them, it's almost comical. Yeah. For me, and oh, I'm they're at so the time, slow too, dude. Yeah. Well, it's like were today, though. action movie action movies are just clip after yeah. clip of you don't ass show kicking, squirrel immediately, cars then blowing up. Yeah. They're done. They're looking at their phone in yeah. ten minutes. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, what's on Facebook? Yeah. Instant gratification. Um. Yeah, those are... Did you ever see the movie Kids in the early 90s when it came out? Of course I did, yeah. Really? Yeah. So I, I just... Uh, Harmony Corinne is like a... Uh, he's the dude who wrote and... Okay. He just wrote that one. I don't think he directed that one. But he's gone on and, and he had this really famous exchange with David Letterman. He went on David Letterman's show three times. And then the fourth time when he was supposed to come back, he... he uh, David Letterman found him in Meryl Streep's dressing room going through Meryl Streep's purse and was like, uh, yeah, you're not coming on the show tonight. What buddy. was he after? He was just on something. He was just on, he got really into cracking heroin, yeah, I think for, like for a stick number his of lips, years. Or lipstick up his ass or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Where's this going? <laughs> Where no, I mean, was, Meryl Streep's awesome. He might've I mean, been planning to put the lipstick. Yeah. If it's, if it's her purse, are you really just stealing from her? I mean, the dude's already obviously got money, right? Yeah, he would. He would. Yeah. So, what do you really a trophy, right? I mean, probably a trophy. Yeah. yeah. Or just, or you're just so out of your mind, you're just digging around, seeing what, seeing what's in there. Still, you know, you're in it. There's got to be a mission. There's got to be a mission. A task. (laughs) There has to be some. Everybody's like, you know, I did it because of this. I did it because of this. You know, every time I've been really fucked up. I, I know what I'm doing. You knew what you were doing. Yeah, and I may blame a million dollars. Oh yeah, I was fucked up. But I knew. And that's, oh, yeah. what, that's what I think is great about humanity. And those of us that have been there, been so fucked up, that we've done stupid shit. There are those of us that can look in the mirror and say, I made that choice. That was yeah. me. It's cool. I was fucked up. I shouldn't have done it. And then there are those people that want to blame everybody else when they look in the mirror and they really think that it wasn't them, even though they know deep down inside. It certainly fucking was. Yeah, it's hard to uh, confront. I'm the guy that's like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, it's hard to confront the shadow self, but I would say that um, that has been one of the, the primary roles that you've played in my life since I've known you. What's that? Is aiding me in confronting the the reality of how fucked up everything is. Well, I mean, I don't mean to be <laughs> cynical, but no, that's that's that that was. That, I think there was sometimes there's some, you've helped it blossom. You've sometimes it. there's realism, you know, and I think that, and I know that that's not the true definition of the word realism when you look it up. It's just the one I've kind of assigned not the to proper it. Proper literary, correct? Because I've looked it up. I know what it is. I went to college for a short time, you know. Learned a degree. I'm just an associate, so I'm not. Dang. I'm not, and just in the last few years. But realism is a whole different thing than what I consider it. To me, realism is just always being real, being kind of honest. I, I like Occam's Razor. 
Yeah. I'm familiar with that, yes, obviously. The, well, Educated how's it, man. How's it go? The simplest answer is the most likely. Almost every fucking time. Yeah. Um, girlfriend that I'm currently with. Beautiful, beautiful young lady who, we've talked about this, should not be with me because I'm old. We have talked um, about this. Yeah, we have. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm cool with this. Um, should not be with me at all. Is constantly losing shit. And in my reality, because a lot of people, and my ex-wife used to be like, they're still technically married to her, um, soon to be ex-wife, um, they would, and daughter, would lose shit. They would lose something. Yeah. And in their mind, it was just, it had suddenly ceased to exist in reality. Yeah. And I was like, well, it obviously didn't fall through the cracks. We have a carpet. So there's yeah. no cracks in the floor. Right. Um, did you go outside and drop it on the ground? No, no, no. No, you constantly inside, great. It's got to be somewhere fucking in here. Right. And I instantly took the, uh, you know, it's like, all right, let's start a grid search. You know, all right, where were you last? And would eventually always find it. They weren't as bad as the current girlfriend. Yeah. She constantly fucking loses shit. Like, yeah. every every day she loses her vape pen. Okay. Or she loses her purse, something inside of her purse, like her debit card, her phone, all the time. And so it's like, we've been going through this, and it's like, where were you just at? What well, can't be there? I already looked. It was like, let's try it again. We did this 18 times over the, you know, that's where my brain goes. I'm instantly writing down numbers. You know, it's like checking my calendar. It's like, I'm going to start putting on my calendar so I can just add all these up. But I didn't do that. But I was like, yeah, we just did this 18 times over the past 72 hours. So it's obviously, in the, no, I looked there. I was like, all right, stand up. Gets offended. Stands up. <laughs> gets offended. <clears throat> root around. Find it. Set it down. Smiles. <laughs> Go back to what I was doing. Right. So realism to me is just in reality, shit just doesn't fucking disappear. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, and there's a lot of other things that when you're being honest about the shit you've done, you've done in life, it's just a series of choices. You know, you hear it on the news that they blame the devil, they may blame a demon, they may blame maybe and C, and then you hear other people honestly kicking back on that, and they're like, "Yeah, they just kick back in their chair. It must have been the devil. It must have been this. We don't want to blame him." An outside influence, like no, he did A, B, or C because he was a fucking psycho. At the time, he made the choice to do that for whatever gratification, whether it was sexual, mm-hmm. whether it was uh, gratification of power and control right. over another human being. That they did it, and now they're, oops, got caught, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're making excuses for it. And I've never been in a moment of my life where I've done something and not known it was me. Yeah. Have you have you seen those headlines? That, for some reason, that that point reminds me of like. Uh, when you see headlines, it's like the media excusing the the actions of a white person compared to condemning like the much less severe actions of a colored person or whatever. Like, have you seen those before? Well, I don't know if they're exactly headlines or not, as if statistical fact, right? Well, well these no. aren't. This isn't something that's debatable. I mean, that's out there. I mean, yes, I've seen the headlines. Yeah. But for a guy as old as I am, I mean, you know, I lived in a town that was exceptionally racist when I was young. Yeah. And it was understood. There wasn't this argument about it. There wasn't this, well, it could be, couldn't be. There wasn't this pushback on, you You're know, saying even the racists didn't deny that they were racist. Like, oh, no. They yeah. were very open about it. That's, yeah. There were no African Americans in our town whatsoever. None. And it was a very, you know... it that people were very open about being ugly about it and being hateful about it. Mm. Um, my mother was one that, you know, because she didn't grow up around there, was taught differently, uh, had espoused a different view in us, mm-hmm. probably because she knew I wasn't full white, which right. a lot of people down here, uh, around here just don't understand. I'm half Mexican Indian. Wow. So because my facial features and because of my skin, 
they don't understand. But when I moved, uh, when I was young, moved to California in the second grade, yeah, we moved to L.A., and they instantly knew. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was around yeah. a bunch of people that were not only like me, mestizo, ch- or Chicano, I think is the correct term, yeah. or slang term for it. Um, they instantly knew. And I didn't know at that time. Uh. So my mother had not told me. Wow. So I just was, I was a white kid yeah. in a white, you know, white town. And I was taught that I shouldn't be cruel, and I and I wasn't. Right. I we, we thought everybody was equal. Didn't matter what they did, you know, color yeah. of the skin. None of that mattered. We were young, but it really didn't matter because that's how our mom taught us. Yeah. But then going out there, I was instantly segregated because Mexicans didn't want to be around me because I wasn't pure. Yeah. Black kids didn't ra- want to be around me because I wasn't black. The Asian kids didn't want to be around me, and there were a ton of them out there in yeah. the school that I was at. Yeah. Didn't want to be around me because I wasn't Asian. So I ended up being around. Unfortunately, my clique was the kids that were like special, yeah, <laughs> you know, and then a couple of kids that just didn't fit into their own cliques because they were so fucked up or nerdy. Yeah. So kids that like one of my best friends, he was Japanese. Yeah. But he was so fucking out of the clique of Japanese kids that they, you know, he was the kid that they pushed off to the side. Right. And so he was part of that clique. So it was really bizarre out there. Because how long I, were you out there for? Uh, uh, under a year, not yeah. very long. Yeah, uh, it was in '84 because that was when the Challenger exploded. Wow. That's <coughs> so, a, um, I mean, that's a scary. I, I remember I wasn't born till '88, but I remember being haunted by the story of the Challenger, like going through elementary school, like, oh my gosh. Well, a school teacher just. And at like, the time, a lot of people don't talk about it. Um, but at the time, everything in NASA was, especially because Sally Ride was on that. Yeah. On that ride. Um. And at the time, it was a very big deal because she was a female astronaut. Mm-hmm. But people didn't understand that are alive now that everything was shown on television in schools. So when there was a launch, you saw it. What do you think we were doing when that you know rocket went off? Well, we were sitting there in the second grade watching it take off. Yeah. So the teachers, it was a routine thing for them. And I was next to a buddy of mine who wasn't that bright. Um, and granted, second grade, still pretty. I still pretty much knew, you know... I had obviously already kind of slipped into logical thinking of some sort. Um, you know, my brain had moved from concrete thinking to logical thinking, something I used to teach on at the first job. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we were watching it on TV, and it, and it blew. And everybody was just looking around because they didn't understand. I immediately knew something was wrong. I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew that shouldn't happen. Right. Kid next to me turns me, I don't understand what's going on. My eyes instantly go to the two teachers. So they were standing outside because they were like, oh, this is like, used to be movie time, right? Wow. Now they just pop in DVDs. Yeah. Uh, teachers, when they need a fucking break. But when there was like big world events going yeah, on. Yeah, they would just pop, pop it in. TV. You know, because, yeah. yeah, hell, it's just a NASA launch. Right. Didn't know it was going to go south. Yeah. So all you of a sudden, both of them look in. <laughs> both of them look at all the kids. Both of them look in. One walks up there and immediately turns it off. Oh, wow. They go back outside. They talk for a few minutes. You see her teeth. I saw tears welling up. She comes back inside, instantly moves us on to the next subject. No way. I knew something was fucking yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Didn't say a word. Dude, that's almost the exact same 9-11 story that I have. In, in 9-11, I was in seventh grade, and I remember Ooh. the principal coming in and it was my science teacher in seventh grade, and the principal comes in, and I see the conference, or it was the principal or, like, the secretary's assistant or somebody like that, but I knew it was somebody from the office transmitting some kind of information because, like, I just had my eyes on that, and I saw it happen, (laughs) and I saw my teacher nod and then just 
proceed with the rest of the lesson. And then I get out to the hallways, and everyone's like, "What's going on? Can you uh, can you so believe you had what's a going phone on?" Then, and I was like, then, yeah. and I was like pissed off because. Right. And then I went to my next class. It was PE. But you had a cell phone. No, no, seventh grade I didn't. Okay. No, nobody okay. did in seventh grade. Really? Yeah. No, that wasn't until I was in. What year uh, was that? 2000, uh, 2001. Okay. Okay. No, they yeah. weren't that widespread. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. Sorry to interrupt you, man. <clears throat> no, dude. No, it was. But it's it's wild how similar that was to how your teachers just sort of like, okay, let's not deal with this. No. Let's just move no. on. But but it's like I almost felt like there's a duty among a teacher to like notify your children. Of, Second grade. Um, Second grade, maybe not. I, I get that. Seventh grade, you're fucking right. I, th- I, mean, I felt like there was. And I, I think felt that like at that cheated, time there like, were a couple of second. Or, like when I was in seventh grade, there was a couple of teachers in there that would have just been like, "Fuck you." And mm-hmm. it was a different time then. They'd have been like, "Fuck this." These kids are knowing. But that was you know seventh grade. Second yeah. grade, no, they did the right thing. They glossed it over. Obviously, the next day. You know, fucking <laughs> flags were half mast. Yeah, yeah, it was just like it was a somber deal. Everybody knew what the wow. fuck happened, and I didn't. I didn't know what happened. You know, I was I was still a second grader. It wasn't yeah. like I was a little genius. What did they? What ended up being the problem with it? Was it a faulty sp- O-ring? So something that had happened. That was what we were told. Yeah, it was basically a faulty part that had been put on there. That when it it failed, it basically ignited, and and there was a lot of talk about how those people lived all the way till they hit the. You know, I don't know all the details. Oh, like I didn't it, want to get into it. Like it, it wasn't great. It. Like it wasn't a quick. No. No. Wow. Um, and a lot of the stuff they didn't release on that, like the chatter. I'm sure you could probably find it now because there's so many leaks in our government. They leaked all that shit out. You could probably find it on like Live Leak or some shit. Wow. But yeah, it was. Because uh, I heard excerpts when they uh, finally had put some stuff out there that you could tell that it wasn't instant for some of them. Yeah. That's so sad, dude. It's yeah, scary. yeah. It's it's and to see that as a young kid, you know, we always talk about trauma and stuff like that. I thought, man, that sure it didn't really fuck me up. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it would have. I wish yeah. I could have looked back and said that was a real that problem was the for moment. me. Yeah. Instead, it was like a, a an awakening of, you know, all right, I just realized something at the second grade, and that's how I looked back at it on, because I was paying attention to the surroundings and the bigger picture. I picked up on something faster and was able to make some pretty quick thoughts and, assum- you know, not really assumptions, but mm. educated guesses on what the fuck just happened at that young of an age when everybody else is looking around bewildered. Yeah. You know, and that's just humankind. There are some people that they, they're they kind of looking out not only for other people, mm. there are people like that, but then there are other people that are just looking out for everything that's going on around them. Yeah. And sounds like you're one of those individuals too. Well, do, I mean, uh, to catch a teacher coming in, slipping a note to somebody yeah, and saying, hey, yeah, yeah. That, and that's what it is. Cause most kids, what are they doing? Yeah. Talking to somebody else. What uh, are you doing this weekend? Right. Yeah. There are other people that kind of take note of everything that's going on around them. That way they're better prepared for what's really fucking happening. The yeah. reality of what's going on. I feel, I mean, you might be describing the Myers-Briggs, uh, like oh, that's intuitive. A no, that's a Myers Briggs is a whole. That's a psychology tool. Well, the the Jungian ar- archetypes is is what it's based on. Yeah, and you got to remember, I helped cheat somebody through their fucking college just <laughs> recently. One person to their master's degree who just. Earned I don't. Their, I don't feel like universities talk enough about Jung, but. Oh, they did. She got her degree in a, a license in professional counseling. Okay. Yeah. So she's a licensed therapist. So yeah. yeah. Uh, the daughter got hers in obviously pharma. Uh, uh, a licensed pharmacist, Pharmacies, so yeah, yeah. her doctorate, but hers, her classes, some of the stuff that I cheated her through, pharmacokinetics, stuff like that. It was some pretty interesting stuff to 
write papers on and to do stuff yeah. on. Because um, my degree was only an associate's degree from fucking Mac. Right. And as much as I loved it, um, didn't really get as deep as some of those classes that they oh, were taking. Oh, for sure. I, yeah, I got I got my associate's from Mac as well. And I, I yeah, I, I felt like... The people were the most fun. The yeah, people in like, like the, the seated in the forums... Oh, I used to love the forums. Yeah. Those dipshits on there, dude. Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing. It's like, did you ever go to high school and think, how is he passing with the safe grades I am? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then I went to college and I'm like, now I know. No, it's, yeah. it's so interesting. I mean, I think about like... Minimal effort, man, friend. Minimal effort. It's not man. like Deadpool where it's maximum. No, minimal effort. It's like, dude, I... Money and staying power. Commitment. That's all you need. Yeah. Show up. Put in minimal effort. They'll get you through. Yeah. They'll get you through. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild how far staying power can take you in life, really. Commitment, you know what I mean? Just sit patience. in a chair, stare at a person, yeah. put in just a little bit of effort, but always sit in the chair when you're supposed to. Yeah. They'll give you whatever you want. Yeah. There's a Mark Twain quote about, uh, like, like the man who, or maybe it's Benjamin Franklin, I don't know, it's one of those anecdotal, like, uh, the man who has patience can have anything he wants. Yeah, well, like, I, I think that's clearly... Clearly a, an excellent quote if it's attributed to any of them, yeah. great. But if not, right. even if it's a Jake quote, I don't Conf- give a shit. Confucius say. Who, whoever said it, thank you for saying it. But <laughs> in the end, that's it. an excellent, yeah, yeah. It's an excellent quote. It's a good one. So uh, we haven't really introduced you yet, um, even though we've been talking for 20 minutes now. I'm really a nobody. My life is a dumpster fire cool. on top of sinking pirate ships surrounded by sharks. So let's We can probably there. get through this whole thing. <laughs> Without even mentioning who you are, if you want to, just keep it in the flow. Fuck that. That's pussy shit. Yeah, <laughs> only a cunt wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be uh, uh, willing to admit that. Hey, these are my words, yeah. and I think that a lot of people that hide uh, behind the internet, and behind stuff like that, especially given where my life's at now, which you haven't touched on at all, because you could get some really good gotcha moments. Um, I, mean, I know I could. Well, why not? I'm, I don't. Fuck I don't it. Need him. I interviewed Carl and. <laughs> It's like, Carl, let's talk about everything that you hold dear. Oh, man. Did you watch any of those? Yeah, I did. They were they were drunken. Don't get me wrong, but... Um, no, that's what made me... Th- he well, opened they, up a lot. They I were mean, fun he, to listen to, though. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, we just were trying to have a good time, and there were some pretty cringeworthy moments, but he was actually being open with me, and I think that was the coolest thing about him. Yeah. He was being open. Life is cringe, too, man. Ah, you can't have fun. You know, scared money don't make money. People yeah. that just sit on the sidelines and never want to invest or do things like that and lose. Yeah. Um, great. They never lose, but they never really get the chance to win. And I think the rest of life is like that. Forget the money aspect of it. Yeah. You never go for a hike. You know, oh, I go for a hike. It's going to be like, well, you never get to see nature. You never get to see stuff that will surprise you. People that, you know, oh, I don't want to be in a relationship. I've been hurt so much. Oh, go sit in a fucking corner. Well, they never get to feel love again. They never get to have that excitement of a first kiss a 50th time. Right. Um, that kind of life isn't worth living. So if you can't ask questions. Sorry. I know we weren't supposed to tap on the table. You can't. <laughs> I've done it 50 times. I'm done asking oh people not to tap. Oh, my God. Dude, I kind of jokingly said <laughs> to the, to the bookshop guy. It's just a guy, nice table. It is a nice. It's good to tell. That's the first time I noticed to, it, so I apologize. We're yeah. used to throwing uh, poker chips on this table too. It's so. a good table. It's been. It's had some memories. Yeah. Everybody who plays poker here, which is which is sort of how I really got to know you. We had we had met just from you coming in the shop. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Well, door. you were a very kind person to me when I first moved here. Um, very much uh, unique. <laughs> That's I've I've met a lot of people. Jake been around for <laughs> been around for a minute, but. That's it's nice to hear. I man. meet unique people like maybe once every ten years. You know Whoa. what I mean? 
I just do. I'm a I, ten. I'm a ten year. One in ten year. Yeah. Well, and and you may meet those people and never be able to form a relationship with yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You meet them, it's like, damn, you know, look at and, and that's it. And Poker I, night has been the best sort of like friendship accelerator. You know, you just you you play poker with somebody four or five times at the table that we play at. Yeah. And you really fucking like that person. Doesn't matter how fucked up they are. You really well, kind you of, get to know too to about them, and you learn a lot about. Can they take a loss? Yeah. Can they Can they take a, you and know, those are big can they get things. a bloody nose, get back up, yeah. shake the person's hand and yeah. say, you know what, good fight. Usually Let's you have to again. like live through so much life with somebody yeah. before you get a glimpse into well, those parts. you get some people that can't take a bloody nose. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen that a couple times. And that's kind of, it's just like, you know, dude, it's like, you know, you didn't actually get hit. You didn't hit the floor. <laughs> They took forty bucks from me. Yeah, it's forty yeah, bucks. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't know a person that sits here that's broke. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't no, see anybody no, like, no, hey, no. you know, that last forty was going to be my, you know, ticket out of eating out of a dumpster yeah, tonight. You don't see no, any of that shit. So no, it's, people have jobs. So that level of emotion yeah. over forty dollars. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Or or twenty dollars. I've seen that level of emotion when we were playing twenty dollars games here. The money's not worth it, my friend. Friendship no. is. Money's not. I agree. Getting rooked at friendship, that'd be different. Yeah. Having somebody say you down the river, be a piece of shit to you. I could understand getting pissed off and showing some emotion over that. Uh, but losing a fair game of cards. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a fair game. I mean, a really fair yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, if somebody here, was, it's... you know, whipping out fucking aces out of their goddamn sleeve, that'd yeah. be different. But there's nothing Yeah, poker has kind of become my church, my, like... It probably replaces, like, the... Oh, I certainly have been tithing. Yeah, you have been tithing, and, and the church thanks you. Yeah, We'll, we'll get yeah. you a... Uh... Hey, tax-free, motherfucker. <laughs> we I should... can show you how to start a non-profit. That's not a bad idea, dude. Yeah, it really isn't. It, we, could, we could make it a, a education, like, oh, front. God. Non-profits. Like, like an education front. Yeah. My, my nephew's played with us a few times. He's education age. Really? Yeah. I mean, he played. He played the other night. He's fourteen. He plays. He plays a lot of World Series of Poker on his phone. Oh, see, so you gotta watch out he's for those good. individuals like, that yeah that haven't yet clouded their own minds. Yeah, um, because they can see things that a lot of times that we used to be able to see, or that because drunk or various other forms of impairment we can't see anymore. And they don't have those. You know, we do it jokingly and have fun with it, but yeah, they're not clouded by that, so they can usually come in and just eviscerate people yeah. like us. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. not eviscerating, but I he's got the eye, and he yeah. it's like a, I watched him play hockey over the years, and when he when he first started, it looked like he he was missing like an awareness or something. And this is early years, but but what I always saw was that like he's watching the game develop, he's figuring out like. How you know you really? Sports are different, really, though. It is different. It is different because physique can play a role in that. Um, you know, physical intimidation can pay, play a role in that. There's a lot of different things that, um, even for stuff that's subconscious. So an individual gets near you playing hockey because I used to play street hockey. Yeah. Um, gets near you and they're Man, bigger the, than the you. The '80s are. were fucking awesome. Ah, oh, yeah, they were great. <laughs> yeah, best play on tape. So a big fucker gets near you in street hockey. You have a psychological effect that takes hold because they're bigger than you are. Yeah. And that's subconscious. You don't get to. It's not like you direct yourself. It's like, I'll steal myself against that. I'll train. I'll do A, B, and C right. to where that never happens to me. Now that's subconsciously. It's just the way we're you know bound in genetics that when somebody bigger gets into our personal space, social space, whatever la- layer you want to talk about. Um, the fight or flight mechanism, parasympathetic, sympathetic nerve responses kick in, and we're like, "Fuck, 
Well, at a game of cards, you don't have that, especially when it's a friendly True. game of cards. Yeah. So then you just get... Yeah, the physical intimidation. That's a good point. Well, you lose that. Yeah. And you lose a lot of other things that you're now just kind of pairing brains, but you're also pairing love, uh, a kind of a level of understanding of the game. Yeah. But then you've also got impairment, and all of us are oh, impaired. Yeah. Yeah. And a 14-year-old t- it shouldn't be. He's not. He no. shouldn't be. So if he's not, then... You put yourself leagues ahead. Yeah, you because do. Because imagine you have a fully functioning how hungry were you for knowledge and for information, uh, and to really feed that side of not only your creative brain but your analytical brain at fourteen years old. Yeah. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on was to talk about the service industry, which is the industry that you're now in, which right. you're kind of new to, like. I'd had some experience years ago when I was 19. 19. So that's, wow. yeah, it's <laughs> Where, whereabouts, what kind of place uh, was It was that? called um, the Annex Restaurant. So it was a portion of uh, downtown Donovan that got mm-hmm. uh, annexed uh, way back when. So the uh, a coy name for the restaurant was the Annex because mm-hmm. it was a portion of the downtown that was annexed. Worked for a guy named Ben Bennett. He was a chef and owner. Um, first homosexual I'd ever worked for. No so kidding. first gay guy. Yeah, and, and there he was a fish out of water. Um, small town. Yeah. They were still pretty accepting, but he still he still caught some flack. But yeah, what kind of place was it? Uh, it was just like a it, it, it was more of a family style restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did family style, like they just uh, sit down massive bowls and stuff on Sundays, stuff like that, like big platters, and you cool. just pass around. So the server wasn't that bad, but uh, the rest of the time it was just a normal sit down restaurant. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that dude there, that was the first time it ever got. I started off baking. Uh, then went to the line and cooked a little bit as like a sous chef or somebody that would be an assistant to somebody that was cooking. Mm-hmm. And then got uh, turned over and well, turned into a server. So, so you then, were serving at 19. Correct. Yeah. And for a very short time, for like yeah. less than a year. Did he serve alcohol there? He did not. Wow. Oh, well, they may have. I think maybe just maybe beer or something. Beer, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know, though. Um, I don't remember serving alcohol there. So maybe he didn't. Um Place I'm working now serves the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm slinging steaks at a high-end, high-volume restaurant. Um, and so I went from training director. So this was last, roughly last year. So in 20, uh, well, it would have been 2019. So it had been longer than that. So 2019, uh, my current uh, relationship or former relationship with my wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, stepdaughter, full disclosure, but I still, she was my daughter. Right. And raised her for 14, 15 years. Wow. Um, she just got her doctorate, uh, ex-wife was struggling, uh, to manage going to school and working like I had, um, and then needed a year off. So we managed to work our money out to where, um, I would keep working, keep going to my own school and she would just get a year off. I helped her with the college work. She did her own college work, but it was more of a mental part where Mm -hmm. she just started to break down. Yeah. Um, so it was just easier to go through that. This is your wife you're talking about. Correct. Yeah. My current you're, wife, you're, who's you're I'm ex- in a contested yes. divorce with. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's been going on that for almost a fucking year. Yeah. yeah. That shit show. So, um, inevitably, we end up where she's in that stage. Daughter comes back uh, from failing at a job and is now there without a job and with all these student loans getting ready to kick in mm-hmm. to the tune of about $2,000 a month. Yeah. Um, added that we just don't have. Um, and so I knew that I would have to, someone would have to get an extra job, a second full-time job. So I 
knew it was going to be me. I knew my ex-wife couldn't do it. She was already fucking struggling with just, you know, going to school. Right. Um, current daughter couldn't do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take her out. I'm going to show her how it's done. So yeah. we, I printed up a bunch of resumes, got in a suit, suit and tie. Um, uh, started driving up the road, and I thought, I'm going to get the most mundane, fucking easy job I can get that doesn't require any thinking whatsoever. Just yeah. a go-through-the-motions kind of, you know, stand at the fucking factory line, fuck it. Because I already had a upper-level management job that I'd had for years and years and years, and I didn't want to walk back into that as a nights and weekends job, another second full-fucking-time job. So I told her, I was like, you're getting in the car with me. We're going to go into places. Because she's like, everything's on the end. I was like, no, it's not. I guarantee you I can walk into a place. Oh, man. Hand him a resume. Talk to him. I can. Like, I can affirm that anytime I see, like, people will go to our website and ask it for hiring. I'm like, dude, I check the website, like, once every six months. Like, if you understand how restaurants work, you're not going to the website. Nope. You're going to go inside, look someone in the eye, and say, are you hiring? Yeah. So, I told her, I was like, pharmacies are going to be the same way. They're going to have, you know, a lot of positions that are not going to be listed because they're mom-pop places. These fuckers are old. Mm -hmm. They're not on fucking GoDaddy. You know, they're not up there, you know, getting all this shit done. Yeah, exactly. So, I was like, you're going to have to walk in there and just say, hey, this is me. Here's my shit. You hire. Let me know. So, I go into the first place off the first exit, which is Colton's. I liked eating there. I thought, I'll go in here and just uh, try for dishwasher or busboy. Um, so, I walked in. There I am in my suit. <clears throat> Lady looks at me. She goes, sorry, we don't, we're not doing, you know, we don't uh, accept no, outside vendors. No yeah. And I was like, no, I'm here for a job. She goes, <laughs> oh. And I was like, can I speak to a manager? She's like, well, yeah. And she was like, great. Dude, you're kind of well known over there. I've talked to some of the servers about, yeah, Scott came in in a suit for I just, interview. That's just how I've always done it. So manager walks out, you know, this, he's younger than I am by, I think, about 10 years. Mm. But yet he's still, I mean, he looks like the same age I am. Sorry, Josh. Um, he, 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 looks, he looks old like yeah. I do, but he, he's a young guy. Um, and he looked at me and I could tell that looks like, what the fuck? But he sat down and I handed him my resume and it showed that I was still working a full-time job. Had been there for God knows how long at that point, 18, 19 years. And he looked over at me and said, so what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. I was like, told him what happened. It's like my daughter out there, you know, somebody's got to pick up the slack. It's got to be me. And I promised him, I said, I'll give you one year. I was like, I'll give you one year, no matter what. I said, no, come hell or high water, if she gets a job tomorrow, it doesn't matter. You hire me now, I'll give you one year. I will show up, do my job, won't be late, and we'll give you, I'll be better than your most average person here. And that was yeah. all I was willing to say. Yeah. Because um, I knew I could commit to that. Yeah. And he goes, well, and I said, but I don't want anything that requires any thinking. Yeah. I said, busboy, dishwasher. Yeah. And he goes, not going to do that. He said, you're too good looking. So I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, you're too good looking to do that. He's like, can't have you in the back of the house. He said, you're going to be a server. Yeah. He said, come back in three hours while I be signing your paperwork. Three hours later, I was hired. Holy smoke. So I went back out to the car, and she's like, eh, eh, eh. I was like, no, I was instantly hired. Yeah. And I was like, and it proves to you that all you have to do. Is get yourself out there. Clean yeah. yourself up. Make sure that your resume isn't bullshit. Yeah. You know. I had a good resume, but at the same time, I could have walked in there and got that job either way. So you were really, uh, I mean, you, you needed to get a job, but you were also trying to teach your stepdaughter. Correct. Yeah. No, it was really more, I didn't think I'd get a job that yeah. quickly. I, if yeah. we're being honest, I thought I'd go in there and they'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. You're overqualified. You know, we don't want somebody who's going to be here for this short amount of time. Right. But once I gave him that commitment to a year, I think he honestly believed me at that point. Yeah. Um, which I wouldn't have. Yeah, I don't believe people like that that come in or used to at the old job that would I used to interview. Yeah, when I used to interview, um, I would be like, yeah, whatever. But 
I think you believe. I think you just tell by the look of my it's eye. Been, it's been, <laughs> I was like, it's been over a year now, right? Correct. Yeah. I gave him the year, and then yeah. and at a year, I went in, asked to meet with him, sat down, asked for a raise, asked for better hours, asked for all the things that I think an an employee that does average work or above mm-hmm. that is giving you a year commitment should be able to do, and he did respond to it. Yeah, I got uh, a little bit better hours. I didn't get that raise, but yeah, we all got a raise in January, so it made up for it. Because when I finally handed me my paycheck, he was like. So you got to raise. Do you hear I was what like, Biden? oh, it only took the federal government, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that what you're talking? I mean, because Biden is talking about the fifteen dollar thing. No, Missouri did that a while back. So oh, the, well, they said yeah, it on incremental the scale. raises. Yeah. Correct. Well, oh yeah, I got that, one. So, so yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes it worked sense. for me. Yeah. That is crazy. So what I heard Biden's talking about is the fifteen dollars, and that can't include tipped. Because like now you're getting paid tech. It, uh, you don't have to go into this, but you can say in general, Colton's doesn't have to pay a waiter like the full minimum wage. They they can pay under that as long as they make it up in tips to hit the minimum wage. Or is correct, that, yeah. And it's not fifteen. Yeah, it's, it's not yet. No, it's right. ten. It'll something eventually right get up there pretty high, but yeah, they and they the state is not or they're not required to pay me. I get a paycheck that shows that my rate of pay is five something, mm-hmm. five fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they calculate how many tips I make and whatever I make over that, that equals to my pay that would be 80 hours a week, uh, minimum wage, great. Then that means they basically paid me. But they do pay me uh, half pay for 80 hours a week on minimum wage. Uh, uh, 40 hours a week or 80 hours? It's 80 because I, uh, the paychecks, it's 40 hour a week, but the paychecks uh, are every two weeks. Right. Got you, got yep. you, got you. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's not bad. Yeah, no, no, that's a that's a. Might really... make twenty or thirty dollars okay, an hour there. So, well, talking about that, um, I only ever hosted. At, I was a host at Applebee's when I was sixteen. But how much how much taxes don't get paid from like server wages? Well, it depends. We have the option of claiming in everything we make. Okay. So at the end of the night, when I check out, I'm prompted by the POS system to say, uh, "Declare your tips." Uh-huh. I can declare 10% of our sales. So there are a lot of servers that do a lot of sales, but because they suck, they don't make a lot of tips. Yeah. So so they might be closer to 10% of the sales. Correct. Or way lower than that yeah. because sales are sales. And you can get a 20 top that, uh, you know, hits you for three to $400 worth of fucking sales. Oh God, and then they selling? tip you 20 bucks. <laughs> it happens all the time. Yeah. People just don't know how to tip anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'd say about 25% of the population understands how to tip. Yeah. The rest of them are just very, very much nonchalant and think that servers make enough that if they don't tip or if they tip like really shitty and then they eat the table time up for an hour, an hour and a yeah. half, that all of a sudden they're doing you a favor. Um, and it's not because yeah. 10% was something that was very long ago. Mm-hmm. Tipping 10% on a $100 check right now, as a server, I'm not getting that 10%. We pay tip share. How, what is the tip share? Uh, it's based off the sales for the sales entire of the whole so, of the whole store, of the whole, or your Just off whole my section. individual sales yeah. throughout my entire shift. A percentage, a percentage goes to the that. bartender and to the host. The bartender it? makes tip share, hostesses make tip share. Server assistants or busboys okay. make tip, tip shares. All of them do. Yeah. So I, I remember getting a 10 a f- hour shift or an eight hour shift and end up losing 40 to $50 just to tip share alone. That's how much they end up pulling out of mine. Wow. Okay. But I do some pretty major sales because I'm a yeah. closer. I usually have decent sex. So 40 or 50 comes out of yours and gets split up uh, Correct. among yep. all those. So you're still clearing 
well above. Oh, 15. I do pretty good. Yeah, yeah. well above. Yeah, twenty. I average after after tip share on a on a good week. I average between twenty five and thirty five dollars an hour. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. for what I work. That's a great gig, man. So it is. How, but you work your ass off. You do work your yeah. ass off. I mean, you're moving mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you compare it just overall in terms of like, I, I mean, if you took all the personal stuff of your story out of the equation, just sure. comparing the two jobs, which which is better suited for you right now? Personal stuff's kind of what makes it suited to me, but even if it wouldn't. Yeah. Um, would you prefer to be doing what you're doing now than yeah, back and, in the Sadly, it's because sector. I spent 20 years doing what everybody told me was the just righteous, mm-hmm. biblical, religious, right. by the Bible thing to do, and watched other people that were hiding behind that Bible become millionaires. Right. While I broke my back and my body and gave up countless hours. So you should have to work 15 hours a day there. Yeah. So I worked 75 hours a week. I worked five, 15 straight. So mm-hmm. six in the morning to nine o'clock at night. Gosh. Dang. So I ended up being at work more, obviously, if you can do the math. Then I wasn't home with my family. Mm. And I always used to tell my family, hey, my, my job comes first and not my family comes first. Because my job is taking care of other people's families. Mm. Because I always thought, uh, kind of dim-wittedly, I guess, at this point, with everything I know about religion and how it works, that they would eventually see me as somebody who helped build their family into something that was a multi-million dollar business mm-hmm. and somehow reconcile the fact that they had absolutely tore me apart in the process of doing all that hard labor for them. But they never did. Yeah. And the rich very rarely look back at the pillars of the foundation of which they build. Yeah. They just look at the foundation and above. They don't look at the concrete, the concrete work. They don't look at anybody that was there for years and years and years and years and helped them get rich and helped them. not saying I wanted to get rich. I'm just saying it would have been nice to have been recognized as somebody who made somebody else rich. Right. Uh, because that didn't happen. Which really, you're talking about a nonprofit organization, though. So the so the no, court, I'm talking about a religious nonprofit organization. R- a no, I big fucking distinction between oh, the two. I totally agree. Yeah. I've worked for go out to California. You see nonprofits yeah. out there; they operate a lot differently because they're not tied to religion. Yeah. This one, I spent 20 years getting to know pretty intimately. Yeah, I've worked for multiple multi-million dollars in donations collected a year, and and, and I mean in religious organizations and yeah dude i mean i've been to uh you know i've been on on trips to new york city with bottle service at four different nightclubs <laughs> on the church dole you right. know like yeah. so there is there is a lot of money in that in that world yep. but it's cra- it's crazy that you're sort of like you were in it and you you were so deep in it that it was just like Okay, we're gonna we're gonna make millions of dollars here, and well, I knew they were. Yeah, I knew I, I was never under the illusion that because I knew the individuals that were making the money were propping up their own family. They were I was because of who I was, mm. and it took a person like me, and there were several other people that were like me. It wasn't mm. just me. Mm. Um, in fact, I wasn't one of the best ones there. I was just the one that stayed the longest. Um, there were a lot of individuals that were there that could only do the job, and they couldn't. You see, they started that business early, and they failed. They lost their license. State came in, pulled all the kids out, and they were done. Mm-hmm. And we ended up being called over there uh, through another organization to be able to help them build the business again under a different license. They only got their own license once the people came in and saw there were competent people mm-hmm. that were there taking care of the wow. kids. Not the religious people. 
the people that weren't. Yeah. <laughs> and that was people like me. Like you. And so... But you sort of got sucked into the religion to some extent while you were there. Or at least in a superficial capacity. It was definitely superficial, but um, I was still under the... And this is where I have an issue with anybody that believes in a higher power or anybody that believes in anything. <laughs> That's a pretty big portion is of the it? population. It is. <laughs> anybody that believes it. So but, you're only narcissistic, nihilistic, assholes no, like yourself. No, that's not it. Okay. My mind is one that can be changed if shown mm. enough proof and evidence. Yeah. And so when I have an argument with somebody or a, a constructive uh, conversation or a debate, and I instantly start to sense that no matter what proof I might show them, mm-hmm. Their mind would never change. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I've talked to a lot of religious individuals who have talked about God and creation, all this other stuff, and that's great and fine, and I'm happy for them. But I always end up fundamentally asking the same question of them. I'm an individual that if you showed me enough you know, uh, proof, if God came down and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to stop being a dick to you and fucking up your life, I'm just here for you, bra, just, just pray to me, mm. I'd be like, uh, sign me up, give yeah. me the Kool-Aid, I'll drink it, whatever, right. whatever you want me to do. Um, and I don't think that's asking too much, but yet that same person that wants me to buy into this very, very, uh, vivid, vivid, crazy story. Right. (laughs) If we're really talking about everything that's involved in it, um, cannot have their mind changed by, by that same sort of evidence. It's very difficult for me to have a conversation with. Oh, it's not really a fair fight at that point. Well, it's not. And it's almost like it's, it's an act of, um, futility and almost like mm-hmm. going up to a brick wall and just slamming your head against yeah. it and expecting the brick wall to cave in. Yeah. Um, and it's been... Hey, a, that worked out for those uh, Iron County guys. That's what... Did that's, they get caught? N- well, I don't know. Are but they still I, on the lam? Well, you just... Yeah, I think they're still on the lam. I don't what think they got What was sad was I never saw what they got... They, why were they were in there? Which means they were in there for some terrible no, shit. It wasn't terrible. It was like it was like I mean I I don't know I the details it. of it. It was like burglary. Oh, I never saw the burglary crimes. is terrible. I, mean, I could have went and getting, looked at well, burglary. Is one something thing, else was not. Something else was not. The other one guy was burglary. The other couple, I don't remember them being anything like. It wasn't terrible. Even like assault or anything oh, okay. like that. You know, so I don't know what it was, but they looked pretty freaking. You well. know on some serious uppers for an yeah. extended period of time. So me in a jail don't give me a proper But they, they supposedly pushed <laughs> over too. <laughs> they pushed over some concrete wall in Iron County. That's how they got, you were saying beat your head against the wall until Really? I, I, that's what I read. I'm like how the how the fuck is there still a jail somewhere that you can push your way out of. I believe those prisoners still wear their black and white stripes. Black and white stripes wow. in the fucking engineer caps. The yeah. the moral of the story yeah. over the last couple of years, all the uh, news events of local jails is, don't get arrested in St. Francis County. <laughs> Try to get arrested in, in Iron, Iron County, County so you can push your way yeah, out. Yeah, well, jail. I mean, you'll, you'll, I don't know that you'll stay alive long enough in St. Francis County to push your way out Damn. of anything, but yeah, that's. I was the, always impressed with the stripes. I was like, they just don't give a fuck. It's you just know? old time engineering. Like, yeah. like embracing a, the, yeah, like, the archaic. Why, why are they in that field? Shit built? that doesn't work. Attitude. <laughs> They're in a field like laying a, like like railroad tracks or something. Like what the fuck's the chain gang out for? Well, it's like we know all that shit didn't work for uh, uh, rehabilitation right. in our in our Department of Corrections facilities yeah. for tens of years. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, fuck it. We're you know in a county jail, it don't matter. It We're don't gonna go matter. right back to sticking on the fucking chain yeah. gang because that was rehabilitation. Can yeah, people. yeah. No, the uh, the yeah the the culture. 
around that stuff. It's is... so very inspiring. And think about all the kids and individuals that are out there that see the wider world as, an, as, a, as a world that's moving forward, mm. not only socially, but right. um, with a, a level of culture and a level of humility that is almost inspiring to the fact that um, I used to look back at old movies where they were talking about like Taoism. We would talk about uh, Buddhism, things mm-hmm. like that, of uh, Aikido, not Aikido, that's a martial arts. What's, what's the Bushido? Mm-hmm. Life in every breath. Of all this stuff that was all... You know, that's, oh, that's Far Eastern, that's this, that's mm. that. Now it's very much mainstream. Oh, it is, yeah. And yet we still have a country, one of the last countries, industrialized countries on the earth, that when you get sick, it's your fault. It's not something that we take care of as a country. It's mm. not something that we look at as, he didn't mean to do that. I'm not saying somebody that's a chronic drinker, chronic smoker, somebody that's going looking for a health problem. But our healthcare system and things like that in our country... We've gone to the point where we're so far backwards in how we look and how we see things that we're not we're not number one anymore. We're, we're not one of these progressive countries like we used to be in my youth that I was proud to say I was from the United States. The last time I traveled abroad, I told people I was from fucking Canada. Mm-hmm. Did I did. it work? It did. They yeah. believed it because yeah. there were other crazy Americans that were there on the beach shore yeah. uh, that were screaming and fucking acting like infants. Yeah. And when I walked by, they were like, Arr! I was like, oh, we're from Canada. Blah. Yeah. Because I didn't, that's not who we are. Yeah. It's who we are now. But yeah. But it's not who we used no, to be. No, on the whole. Yeah. No, it, it, it was interesting. I traveled a bit overseas in my mid-20s and I was shocked. I wasn't really sh- shocked. Like it was... I mean, this that was during the Bush years or like right after the Bush years. So like, you, the world was not GW, super pleased. Right? Yeah, GW, okay. yeah, yeah. The world was not super pleased with uh, mm. with the Americans at that time. How do you think they think about us now? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we got Biden in there. Come on, guys. First female vice president. We're doing our thing. Like we're doing the best we can. He's rolling back some shit. Yeah, I saw that this morning. I was reading some, and I always read. Uh, I try to never read editorials or opinions. Stick with the facts from various press outlets. I just outlets. guzzle up whatever they feed me, dude. I just I do I just too, but I want to make sure that it's from multiple sources. Yeah, um, and most of those come from unfortunately outside the U.S. Yeah, um, it's just easier to get a uh, straight view. When I was young, we had uh, news anchors on the air that you couldn't tell what their opinion was about the news. Mm. They simply spit out the information, said goodnight, and you were left with the, you were left to be able to ponder your own opinion. Right, right, yeah. Um, now, no matter what you turn on, you're not getting that. You're getting opinion. Mm. You're getting everything laced in what I think instead of, this is the news, what do you think? Yeah. And that's a pretty difficult thing for my head to wrap around, mm. so I've stopped watching a lot of news. Now I just read. Dude, that's a, I mean, you're on an interesting point, because, like, I called this uh, podcast St. Francis Herald, and, like, my original, I, I've, I've owned the, you know, URL, stfrancisherald.com for, like, six years or something. Really? And, yeah, I mean, and because... And now you, you're just giving a voice. And I'm finally just like, well, I, finally what it was, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Finally what it was was me saying, like, uh, I've... You know, because I thought about other formats or other ways or even just like a, a blog that I update a couple of days a week or whatever that's like, here's what's going on locally. Right. 
just the the basic stuff and then also sort of here's here i'm a local person in a local community and here's my opinion on these you know Dude, bigger geo but yeah yeah so there's business owners so it's like yeah. really just rooting into yeah. i'm from a local area i'm doing this local thing but it's interesting because i i just couldn't get the wheels turning thinking of it just as this is a, a little like uh, reinventing journalism reinventing a, a, a the way that reporting is done and blah 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 but anyway, what what I finally come to, and now I'm on the, this is the fifth episode I'm doing with you, is sort of this, like, like almost like Humans of New York, the, uh, you know, the, have you ever seen the, the Facebook page, Humans <coughs> of New York, they just... I know where you're headed, yeah. Yeah, some, you just profile interesting yeah. sort of people, and I feel like... Well, you're that's, a little off on interesting, but keep going. <laughs> no, that's how. It's flattering. That's that's how I think. Well, but you're also local, and so well, I'm local. Yeah, I mean, here. this is being broadcast to the whole world. So I'm like, I'm interested in creating this picture that I think newspapers used to be good at doing, mm -hmm. which was giving a sense of like what goes on in this town. How is this town its own sort of thing? Which you can't get from any actual newspaper these days. But why can't you? Because they're all lying. Well, be, well, everybody the, is worried about their image. Is worried if they say something, it's going to do this. It's going to do this. Our local newspaper is is indirectly owned by Rupert Murdoch. Oh, it's just uh, a publicly <laughs> traded. Are you serious? A, no, for real, for real. It's, is it? It's by. It's are the radio by, stations all Dawkins? The radio stations are a lot of Dawkins, which is a local-ish. Yeah, but it's all group. it's but, all part but then of the that's, whole. That's getting you have to read this shit on the news. People yeah, have asked why a, with my voice I'm in the radio, and I well, always now tell you them, are, dude. That's the greatest podcast <laughs> shit. But they're like, man, you've got a great radio voice. I've heard you serve. Why aren't you doing A, B, and C? The point is, is that and I always tell people that ask me that. I was like, because all you've got around here are fucking Christian country stations, mm -hmm. yeah, and they're not gonna like a person that has a different opinion than the mainstream opinion, right? And it's and I don't even like I don't like Christian music. I think it sucks. It does. <laughs> some some of the beats good, but then it's like. Uh, for him, it's like, God damn it. You know, it's like, God damn, why do we have to do this? Now I have to feel bad. I'm going to go put myself on a cross. What did, uh, there was one, one. Uh, some country's okay. I like some country music. And oh, I'm not yeah. saying I don't. Because I like going music. To Colton's, going to Colton's has uh, sold me on that. Uh, there's a couple there, that but that's shit. it. And I have to hear that shit all the time. Yeah, that's got to be rough, dude. But there's a couple of songs that are good. And I don't, I don't look at country as all country's bad. I look at, there's some good country. Yeah. You know, and there's some good rock. There's some good, I love classical, some great uh, original scores. But the whole idea is, is that nothing's really inherently bad. It's just, I don't necessarily like a majority of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, basically because of the message. Yeah. No, and that's what, that's what's interesting about the news conversation is kind of uh, the messaging behind the news is important, you know, and like what... The fact that uh, the Daily Journal is run by some massive organization that is like, it, they're on the record like saying all all we want to do with these old news organizations that we've bought up is squeeze them for their profits. Course, for the remaining. Yeah. We know they're going out. Mm -hmm. We know they're on the way out. So we're not going to reinvest in them. How much so, ad revenue can we get? So the profits that we're yep. getting out of them, we're going to squeeze out and take to our more successful ventures and, and we're going to leave these, what, what in my opinion, are institutions that small towns have defined themselves by. Like, it, it's become critical to the identity. If you go back, and <coughs> that's why you were talking about, I share on Facebook, somebody else runs this 
St. Francis County, Missouri genealogy or something. And he's he. I think it's that one that posts all the old newspaper article. Oh, I think those stuff. are cool. They're so cool. I think they're cool. And you start and to get the sense that, that yeah, you start <laughs> to get the sense that before we had uh, Facebook. I mean, long before Facebook, because I think the newspaper died. Before, there was always microfish. Before, but yeah, yeah. So. I mean, once once you go back far enough, you start to realize that there, these towns used to need newspapers, and they had to have. Well, they had and they, to. Yeah. And that was their only connection with the world. That was the only way to define themselves and tell their we stories. We are not the, blah, blah, blah. the first or last curious human beings on the planet, and I think that's a very important thing to understand. Um, and as far as yes, I've made a mess. But I, I got you. Clean it. Nope. I got you. Too late. Yeah. Going on the hoodie, baby. No, this is your fucking break table, dude. We're not gonna do that. Hoodie can be washed. A break table's forever. I do. I don't know where that roll of paper towels. Ah. Are. Anyway, uh, so it's interesting. I think I think the future is gonna have to be these super informal like type podcasts, long form conversations. Uh, I, I guess the jury will still be out on whether the people I'm selecting to come on this <laughs> are going to be a good representative of helping St. Francis County develop their own identity. But if anything, it's helping me develop my identity and articulate my thoughts and feelings and opinions. So well, I think that's what's most important. As uh, journalism has, has become more and more informal, mm. so it's now just posts on a on an app on a phone. It's very rarely ever face-to-face interviews. It may be over the phone, especially in COVID times. Yeah. Now it's over the phone. We're going to do the Zoom meeting. You miss a lot of the basic, uh, what I what I was taught. So, full disclosure. So, yeah. master level instructor for the Crisis Prevention Institute. So, I've got uh, years of instruction, formal instruction in classes and training. Um, and just years in this type of uh, human interaction, social interaction that relates to crises. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, a lot of it still relates to just human interaction and relationships. Yeah. And very few people realize how much you lose when you cannot sit across from the table from someone and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take it, let's say we take it to a video call. Great. You still can see somebody, uh, but you lose the smell, the the, the sense of being uh, with someone right yeah. directly across from them. You lose the personal space or lack of personal space, how close you are. A lot of these back and forth dynamics that really play into a lot of what could be said, would be said, or won't be said mm-hmm. uh, in a human interview that you lose. Take that away, then you have a phone interview, right? So a lot of people are doing these phone interviews. You lose all the kinesthetic shit. You lose all the visual visual shit. Mm-hmm. A majority of the paraverbal communication is now flushed down the toilet. Yeah. You still have tone, thank God. Yeah. Because then when you go to just texting or writing, you lose tone. Yeah, tone, uh, volume, and cadence are the biggest modifiers in paraverbal communication. So when you lose tone, you automatically lose whether a person has the fundamentals of sarcasm. Yeah, whether they're being positive or negative, whether they're lacing something with um, a bit of uh, disguise or mystery, you lose everything. A subtle pause but in you, language, but <laughs> it's important. But. You have emojis. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> God damn it. You do. Yeah. Yeah, we could do the whole turd emoji and all that other bullshit. And and granted, millennials and individuals that aren't millennials, I don't even know all the different cohorts there are now. Um, but they have definitely, and my girlfriend is a part of, you know, she separates me by almost 20 years. Yeah. So she's a completely different individual, communicates in a different way in so many levels than I do. 
And yet I still look at her as a person that I know I can sponge off of. She's a learning tool for me. Mm. And she has been. And I've, and I've told her that. I was like, I'm going to draw this up like fucking, you know, uh, blood from a stone. I'm going to get everything I can from you because this is a learning experience. Um, and some of the stuff she's impressed that I know because I've kept up with pop culture right. and current culture because of my last job. Right. If you don't know what kids are currently into... You can't communicate. You're right. not hitting Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. You're not knowing all the different social media platforms, even though I wasn't on them. Yeah. Um, I knew what was, I was keeping How up they with worked, them. Yeah. yeah. And I kept up on Reddit. So mm. if you're on Reddit, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to stay in the know for most of the current trends. Um, but by doing that, I was able to keep up to where I was one of the last few staff members out of a hundred and something we had uh, that would go in and work with the kids. They could stand in a room and not be just talked behind. And the staff have no idea what they're talking about. I would turn around a lot of times and be like, what the fuck did you just say? Mm. Yeah, I get Harambe. What are we talking about? Right. You know, <laughs> you know, you calling that black kid fucking this? Because I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah. Because the racism, the bullshit, yeah. the hate still goes on in our youth today. Unreal, yeah. But because it's in a different language. Because it's in a language spoken it's, in memes right. on the internet, yeah. in acronyms. Yeah. Um, a lot of our staff members that haven't kept up with that just stuff. Just over their head. They're done. Yeah. Kids can be literally having a foreign conversation yeah. a foot away from a staff member. And if they're not steeped in that knowledge, they're behind. Yeah. This very same people get attacked. You know, it's like, to me, it was always, uh, I need to know what's going on so I don't get hurt. Yeah. But to them, they just don't give a shit. So you've learned everything uh, that you need to know to communicate with the young people. Yeah. Um, this never, learning never <laughs> ends, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so how's Facebook been since you've been on Facebook? Oh my god, it's a fucking dumpster party. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's a war of information where a majority of the information is false. Yeah. I spend probably mm, 10 to 15 minutes a day with my girlfriend explaining to her why the post she's showing me is total bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You should just stop. Just let Normal Americans don't know how government works. They don't know how the Senate works. Mm -hmm. They don't know that Congress mm -hmm. is a term used to describe two branches mm -hmm. of our legislative branch. Mm -hmm. Fundamental shit like that, not knowing that there are hmm, this many senators, roughly a changing amount of congressmen. I get mm -hmm. that redistricting, the mm -hmm. place is growing. 400 and however many. I understand that. 35, I think it is. Good job. Thanks. Not knowing the fact that there are two just distinct branches of the legislative right. branch. Once you don't go there, once you can't understand that, so much falls away for an intelligent conversation. So she shows me all these posts. It's like, oh, Connor, this is that. It's like, yeah. there's no way that not can be how obvious. It works. <laughs> Obviously, not only is there no way this can be true, <laughs> but here are the ways it could not be true. Yeah. So I try and push that stuff at her, and she does a good job of soaking it in. But then I think about, one, she... She loves me. She says she loves me. So she's listening to me as a person of authority. Mm. And I, I think about all those people that don't have love out there, that don't trust all, you know, have no one to trust, and are yet getting fed that shit every day. Yeah. Because it tastes good. It looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's geared toward, thankfully, algorithms. Easy consumption, yeah. Well, and it's, it's not just, when you pick up Facebook and you sign in, you surf a little while. And because I'd been off it for so many years and I knew going in, when I signed back in, what would it think I knew? What would it want to tell me? And what would it gear me toward? And that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's not just innocuous. Once you enter in your stuff and you start surfing, it's silently gathering the data in order to give you exactly what it thinks you want. 
but yet it's giving you, it's like a bad drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, a good drug dealer knows when you've had too much, knows when you're out of money because, you know, yeah. hey, you don't get paid till next week, brother. Yeah, it's not happening. Here, man. Yeah. Uh, come back next week. It, right. it protects you. A good drug dealer, make sure you don't fuck up. Right. Bad drug dealer says, you know what, I don't care if you don't get paid next week. I'm going to hook you up early. Yeah. Come see me with some extra mo. Yeah. Um, gives you half-cut shit, all this other bullshit. Yeah. And that's just an analogy. Yeah. You Facebook's have... a bad drug dealer. Yeah. So it realizes what you're after. And then it begins to feed you shit that it knows will keep you on the app. Keep you hooked on just keeping and looking. And even if it's bad stuff, it doesn't matter. The algorithm, it doesn't care it's about that. You, yeah. It just knows. You've clicked so many times here and here and here, even though these are your insecurities... You've looked here a bunch. Let's keep you going down this path yeah. because it keeps you on our platform. That's why, like, in, in business I hear a lot, like, be careful what you measure, you know, because you can your vision can change so much to start to f- try to fuck with one metric at the expense of a lot more metrics that would give you a better sense of the health of an organization or of, sure. or of what el- whatever else. And it's like they're measuring interaction. They're measuring constant scrolling you know so they they want to keep people suspended in that sort of like outrage woke cycle of just circling back around and well, around feelings yeah so we buy based off feelings or emotions out of fear uh we will start a family or buy a home based off emotions based off fear based off chance um but yet when we go to buy a car it's not necessarily like that I've never met an American that I've said, you know, hey, you bought a car? Yeah. I was like, oh, did you just go on a lot and immediately buy it? Sure. You never hear that. Yeah. They take the time to go through the process, and most of them are rooked anyway. But at least they start out with the right intention. Right. Social media is the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. They know why you're there. They've already suckered you in. Yeah. And now they're going to be able to build something. And I don't think it's as nefarious as folks think. Like, they think that these tech companies are trying to, to gear us towards something. They don't care. At the end of each one of these points they're gearing us toward, at, at the end of each one of these roads, is revenue. It's who's paying them yeah. to gear them toward the right product or the right idea. Right. And it's all about revenue to them. So in, in reality, they're not so concerned with the ideology behind it. They're just concerned about the revenue. <laughs> and the way, and the way what's, what's curious about how these companies have grown is that they were so heavily subsidized in early years by uh by like venture capitalist money which is which means which means that they are uh they were not profitable for five six seven eight nine ten years while they scooped up users and so so the service has fundamentally changed from the days when facebook was free to the days when facebook is stacking billions of dollars in you know local businesses advertising through them or whatever the hell it well, is. Well, once you have like, shareholders, what do all shareholders want? Right. Yeah. Profit, baby. It's about shares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My shares not yielding if it's not doubling or splitting. Yeah. Well, and and if you're not doing what's best for the shareholder, uh, guess what they can do? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No more company for you. Yeah. I don't I mean, care that you started come at it. You. Yeah. It's, it's about the money. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. And so it's. It's interesting because you've seen some guys try to get around that and whatnot, but it's weird to know that the service itself that led to all these sort of big cultural breakthroughs, because I do think social media ushered in a lot of uh, intimacy that didn't exist before. I mean, even if you consider like extended family. I think it destroyed intimacy. I mean, think about all the people that 
that I mean, I what you, is intimacy though? Intimacy is human touch. It's contact. Facebook's done nothing but destroy that. I think Facebook's introduced a lot of people that that have sure. Developed. How many times have you met those people and touched their hand? Uh, that's a tough Give question. Give them a hug. I mean, like certainly, me. you give me a hug every time you fucking see me. Yeah, that's true. And we met in real life. To me, the coffee shop is the social network. Like to me, like well, the original, is, like yeah. like small business, like that's what coffee shop's a morning is. bar, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I a morning agree. bar. People I are going to come there because it's a morning routine for them. Just and like I think, yeah, I think the bar is a social. And so they want to I feel think. like their family there because what is morning coffee? It's a drink with what used to be your family but that is obviously no longer there. What's tough is that you know when you're in a when you're in a bigger city. I was in St. Louis for a long time. The bar. I could see where some bars might have sort of felt like a social network or something. It gets more interesting to me in a small town when there's a higher likelihood that you're going to know somebody that that person you're meeting knows. Like, like if you meet somebody randomly at a bar, like if you go to Sticks, you probably, probably 10% of the people in Sticks at any time, if Scott goes in there, even as a guy who's recently moved to this area, I bet you'll know people that 10%, (laughs) like, well, say you only know two people. I only knew them from work, but I knew, I you you knew two of them, but like uh-huh. I'm saying, think of all the people that are in there that know people that you know. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're going to get easily up to 10%, which create, and that's not going to be the case if you're in the city of even just like a million people, which isn't a massive city. I agree. And you go to a bar, there's a very low likelihood that you have much relational Correct. overlap yep. with, with any of those folks. So I think like the small town is a really interesting kind of uh, like analog study of social networks that um, maybe like mimics online social networks in a more real way than what you can even experience. But there's only one fundamental problem with that is social networks are not in person. They yeah, can no, be. They, yeah. And they're interlaced with it, but reality is small towns are people that interact yeah. with each other in person. And, yeah. And, you know, like the regulars I have up at my job. Yeah. The regulars you have here that come into your place at business. Yeah. Think about that compared to a social network. You would never compare the two. Social yeah. networking is almost fake. You present an avatar just like I do. Right? So when we log on, when we put our picture up there, did you put the shittiest picture you had up there? No, I put the best no, picture. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one it's not actually a good picture. It's me with a mustache. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the one that you have up there is decent. Mm-hmm. You, didn't, you didn't just go up there and say, oh, picture of me. Oh, random picture. Here you go. It's Some a curated. Yeah. It's Everything a, yeah, we yeah. put on social media, it's curated. It's, yeah, but we're curated. It's the best. We're curated in real life. I mean, you Are fix we? your hair before you go out. You you do put I? on your nice clothes. Or, you, or, you <laughs> or you wear a do-ray. Or you wear a do-ray. I mean, no, I, I think uh, it's tough. But, yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic about technology. I am... I've met people on social media or developed relationships with people on like like met them in real life and then right. social media becomes yeah. a huge aid. And to, how many people are like you? Like, like four probably in the world. I don't know. I don't know how many people are like me in general. My point like, is is that it's very few and far between. I know because I've been on the planet longer yeah. than you have. People don't do what you did when I came into your mm. came into your establishment. They don't do that, and I know because I've been into thousands of establishments for a very long time yeah and there are very few people like you um very few business owners very few gregarious individuals that can look at somebody uh, realize where they're at in life realize by the conversation the only reason you delivered a meal to me while i was sitting out of that bench when we'll get into the meal <laughs> like, you were smart enough to listen 
we had talked a bunch. You realized where I was at and who I was. And you took the time to take a risk. We had talked about risk earlier. Scared money don't make money. Yeah. So individuals that put themselves out there, because imagine what kind of fuckery you could have gotten into (laughs) if I wasn't the right individual. It's true. It's true. But that's the whole idea. We take those chances on people. And it's okay when it's on people. When it's on investments or other things, that's different. Relationships, different. Yeah. But when it's on other people, it's pure. It's noble. We're trying to realize that, hey... What you did wasn't anything negative. In fact, it was the most positive, pure thing anybody could do for another individual. We will not discuss what you did. <laughs> All I'm yeah. saying is, is that that level of risk, it's unheard of. Yeah. That's me. I take no, ungodly I, yeah, yeah. risk for relationships. Yeah. yeah whether yeah. they're personal, private, whatever. And that was the only reason why the next day I came back down and delivered a gift, or I think it was two days, three days after. It took me a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I had to ask what you were after, and I was yeah. like, oh, I know what he's after. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah. And I went in there, and I was like, what are you doing? I was like, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah, dude. I was like, he'll get it. No, that crown was great. That was a very, <laughs> very that's kind That's the point. It's like, you. I yeah. think that eventually when individuals that, um, or at least of the same kind, compassionate, and ultimately giving mindset, I kind of cross paths, they realize, okay, you know, and what was fucked up is for the first time, I didn't realize about that about you first. I used to be that guy that would realize that about individuals, but didn't cross my mind. Mm. And so I remember telling a couple of people, including my own mother, um, about never use a name, never use anything to identify you, didn't matter. But I was like, you know, I had one of these unique instances or experiences in relationship building, because I used to teach on that, like I mm-hmm. told you for years. Yeah. And I was like, and I finally found somebody who's a little bit, at least one like me, but two, not like me, and that they're still young enough, wild enough, and courageous enough to make that risky mm-hmm. step. Yeah. So, cheers that, for that. That particular thing that you're talking about is a cultural, is a is a culture that people do already associate with me, and I have found that that, that world. Um, of, you know, a safe recreational, uh, intoxicant is even though it's still very stigmatized in this area, it's like, it's a, it's an insane relationship builder. I mean, when you, when you smoke a joint with somebody, you're suddenly on a completely different level (laughs) with that person, you know? And it's like that type of, and I do think that intimacy is going to go away when you have, you know, you're a dispensary on every corner, which is. Which it's cannabis is a desirable thing, so we're probably yeah. going to get to that point at some. But at some point. you're right. There's when there when there was a secrecy to it. When there was a, I could get in trouble for telling you that I'm this way. You know that kind yeah. of thing. There was also an, and there's an allure to that because yeah. I was who I was at 14, 13, really, mm-hmm. and it never stopped. And so there's this. It's like, and I imagine this is what it's like for people that are gay. Or used to be, not anymore. They can just get on fucking grinder and ass fuck whoever they want. Mm. But, you know, I've got a gay best friend, a young lady, but I can imagine this is how it used to be, is that they would have to go, you know, hey, are you this? Are you, are you, uh, okay, let's go A, B, and C. Mm. So you speak for pot. Mm. You know, I was like, you know, I'm about to go out of the back of the building, look mm. around. Oh, are you going to the back? Yeah, I'm going to the back. Let's go to the back. Yeah, yeah. And we go smoke a joint. It's every time at Thanksgiving a meme gets shared, and it's like when the two stoners in the family go for a walk or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's usually a cartoon of yeah. somebody. Yeah, and really back red then it was a pretty big deal because yeah. it was still very much 
There was a massive drug war. Yeah. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. You know, my brother, and I'm going to tell this story, but um, our town was small, very heavy against drugs, yet mm-hmm. was a very big producer of uh, marijuana mm-hmm. um, because they were growing it. Donovan was, really? Yeah, Mark Twain National wow, Forest, right yeah. next door in Oregon. Kind of, oh, fuck yeah. Um, so... Ended up... I, he, I love hearing stories of old, like, Missouri Yeah, this is going to trip culture. you up because it's also uh, FTP. <clears throat> I, I like those stories, too. So my brother was a part of D.A.R.E. Um, and he was like me. We smoked grass since 13, 14 years old. Drug Abuse Resistance Education. D.A.R.E. That's the acronym. But go ahead, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically the cops... That go into school, show yep. you all the drugs, say everything's bad, Mr. Corrupt Dog, yeah. all that bullshit. Um, so if you're a part of that club in high school, then you're totally against drugs. Brother smoked grass, heavy into smoking grass, yeah. became president of that club. Holy smokes. Project graduation. So the entire year they raised money. They raised money for uh, a gift or a, a, a prize at Project yeah. Graduation. They managed to raise five, six hundred, I don't know how much it was. Um, he won. He immediately wouldn't bother quarterback. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn money. That's perfect, man. And so I look back. And he back, was the president of the Dare sort of club. It just all oh, just yeah. Because yeah, at the time when he went, he had uh, baked. What the fuck were they called? Knock them in the head gingerbread, uh, Rasta gingerbread cookies. But they were just basically pot gingerbread cookies, and he managed to get them into Project Dare, and so they were still high there. They were eating the cookies. Oh, I love it, dude. And I tasted them, and they tasted like fucking shit. But he told me he was <laughs> Not like... Not a big baker. He was like, doesn't matter how the taste. Matter, so I was right? gets behind him locked in there, because they locked him in there, because yeah. it was a lock-in, so they yeah. were high as fuck. Yeah. And then he won that prize, and then immediately the next day, he went and brought some of the best homegrown in the county. Yeah. For for the amount of money that yeah or four oh, rounds something like that yeah it was it was amazing so you know fuck dare it yeah doesn't work the war on drugs is fucking stupid oh man the statistics are so well even even dare. with the obvious i mean it's just come on you know jesus christ wake the fuck up yeah better legalize it let the american taxpayers make a little bit off of it yeah there's always going to be some soul on the side anybody that thinks any different like if they legalize it i get it yeah you're always going to have that dude that's a I'm not going to pay taxes. I'm just going to grow. Yeah. Great. Whatever. Yeah. More people will buy from tax abiding stores. I think that's true, even though I do wrote. And they'll root, pay. I do root for the, uh, the oh, like, home crow. Fuck, fuck farmer will. Like, yeah. I am all for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would rather go to some country fuck. Right. Somebody that's in the you know, and say, you know what? Let's barter. Let's yeah. see what we got. You want money? I got money. You yeah. want A, B, and C? I got A, B, and yeah. C. I'm all for that. Let them make their living like that. And God's, uh, you know, to God's and goddesses but honestly if they want to live like that then why why aren't we supporting them are do they not create the smallest carbon footprint when they live like that are they not the closest thing to what we would want in our society what we talk about the news and the magazines of being carbon neutral close to zero right you know individuals that are locavores uh providing for the local community and not only that but um, they're growing in the local community. You know, we don't have to drive to Cape to get A, B, and C. We can just drive to Madison County. Right. I'd happily gr- drive to fucking Greenville. Yeah. If I know Greenville meant there was some farmer out there with some green. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Would you not Greenville be willing to spend an extra yeah. couple of bucks 
to hook up some local guy. Just to make your sure money, that your neighbor. Yeah, keep I, your money out of yeah, whatever what venture me. capital is. Because when I was young, all the older folks, that's that was their idea. Local farms, local mm-hmm. farm. Because back then it was agriculture. It was local manufacturing. Yeah. And it was very, very small business. Yeah. And really most of them were about to get taken over by Walmart. Oh, yeah. And that was back in the day. Yeah. Now look at us. There's yeah. a Walmart in every town. Oh, for sure. And we're still in the same place. And, and there's there's this sort of like like the local spots are just sort of uh, they're it's kind of a joke. It's kind of you know what I mean. Like unless they're supported by the people that are in the town, they are a joke. Yeah, yeah you're right. They're dying. They're failing. They're yeah. like a local bookstore that can't sell enough books. Right. Or they're like a local gas station that offers A, B, and C services, but yet nobody really wants. Those yeah, nobody services. needs that anymore. Yeah. Um, the local businesses that that have stayed local but have, have moved on and have kept up with what people want, why aren't we showering them with our business? Right. Makes zero sense to me. Yeah. Other than, you know, some of these steak restaurants that come into town and, and hook up some... Yeah! High volume, bitch! <laughs> oh, Jake. Seriously, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Hey, uh, it's been a pleasure. You're yeah. a decent cap, and not only that, you're a local business owner, so yeah. it was my pleasure. Good. Good. All right. Well, you come back when you uh, write the next uh, the the your memoirs when you shit, finish. I'm not dead before then. Yeah. If you don't die before if you, your if memoirs, the folks that read your read and watch your shit and all that stuff want mm-hmm. back, fine. If not, we'll I'll just, see. We'll I'll put it to poker. I'll put it to a poll. If not, I'll see you poker night, bro. <laughs> Sweet dude. Fair enough. Uh, so let me turn this off. Now. sample talking okay um so anyway i am so it's called saint francis herald and the idea is like that used to be a newspaper like a hundred years ago (laughs) is that the stuff you've been posting all those old posts no that's just well that one is the one that the guy's been going started laughing yeah about the the little boy getting kicked until it said he died (laughs)
I was like, oh, this is so good. I was like, oh, my fucking God. He fucking died. I was like, yeah. And the way they wrote it, it was just like, oh, that's so mediocre. Yeah, it's got Clamato, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going down a rabbit hole there that I don't know if you want to finish. And that's an awfully big motherfucker. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. No, this is what I said. Cheers to you, man. This is what I started drinking at Poker Night the other night. And yeah, by the end, I was just like... It was ice Chilada? cold. Chilada? yeah. Michelada. Uh, it's, it just says So Chilada. it's Bud Light and what else? Just like... It's like Bloody Mary mix and Bud Light, pretty much. It's not bad. Yeah, I don't think it's good either. <laughs> like, it got so much shit the other night, dude, at, at oh, Poker Night. Yeah, I bet it did. Oh, I bet it did.